0: fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's Word is truth and your questions matter. Um, It's amazing to see what God is doing through Paul as he's laying out this letter. Um, And now it's gotten really personal, right? It's gotten personal to where now he's speaking to specific people and he addressed the children he addressed the parents and and the parents in regards to their children and then now we are getting to bond servants and then their masters um and that's what we're going to focus on today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 9 um very short verses um there's not a lot. It's pretty straightforward, but I believe speaking about this and explaining it uh, will help. We'll help the readers and will help uh, just help you grow and understand uh, what is God's call for us um, in these verses, um, because it's kind of hard uh, to figure that out. Um, so, yeah, let's begin. Let's begin in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 1, though. Or verse 5. We're going to be read from... No, no, no. We're going to read... So we're going to read Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 1 and go all the way till the end of verse 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters without fear and trim- with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will, as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. So... Let's go back to verse five. So it says, bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. So here, when it says bond servants, uh, the Greek word is doulos, and doulos means slave, right? And here it's, it's speaking in reference to the slave obeying their earthly masters, Right? So in, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul refers to himself and Timothy as doulos of Christ, or servants of Christ, or slaves of Christ, right? The call to obey here refers to a continuous submission, a willing to submit out of reverence, out of honor, respect so that's the idea here whenever these bond servants are called to obey their earthly masters they are to do it with fear and trembling not a kind of fear that they are scared of their masters or that they are afraid of their masters but here it says with a sincere heart as you would christ so the same way we are called to fear the lord servants slaves are called to obey the earthly masters now i want to mention that here when it speaks of servants or slaves as well as earthly masters you can use this with your job if you have a job you are a servant or a slave of your employer your employer is your earthly master right so the call to obey with fear and trembling is not talking about fright it's a it's a respect of their master's authority right so you at your job uh, you're called to do something by your master and you obey you do it because there's consequences if you do not obey them what is it you lose your job right But here, if you have a job, your boss is your master. So if that is the case, then the call to obey your earthly master will reflect your obedience to Christ. Listen to what John MacArthur says. He says, to serve one's employer well is to serve Christ well. That's why when it's speaking of here to obey your earthly masters, Um, It's to do it as you would be doing it to Christ. So, we must understand God's call for us who have jobs is to serve our earthly master, wherever your job is, uh, with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. So, you can also say that however you are doing at work, at your job, It's as if you're doing that to the Lord. Now, would you submit to the Lord fully and completely obeying him uh, to the nth degree? And if you would, you are to do the same at your job. Because here, this call of obeying your master with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, is a call to do it just as you are doing it to Christ, if you are. And that is uh, the understanding we must have, right? Listen to what Second Corinthians 11.3 says. It says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So he sees that the Corinthians have a sincere and pure devotion to the Lord. But here uh, we are seeing that just as cunning the serpent is in deceiving eve it could be used or that same way could be used to lead us astray from having a sincere and pure devotion not only to christ but to our employers so we must be watchful on that and instead be humble and meek as we go to our jobs and submit to them as we agreed to do so, right? But also must understand what you were doing there. You're doing it as unto the Lord. So are you going to give it your all at your job? Or are you going to give it 50%? Because if that is the case, then you're giving 50% to the Lord. Um, and obviously that is not right. Uh, because there are consequences. So, even if your employer does not deserve respect um, in his own right, so let's say they are treating you wrongly and badly, um, the call should still be to have genuine sincerity as if you were serving Christ still. Right? That is why... Uh, John MacArthur says, "To serve one's employer well is to serve Christ well." And then he also, within the next verse, explains to us, um, how not to do it. He says, "Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart." So. I service here speaking uh, to only doing well while being supervised. So let's say you are being watched and you're doing really, really good. Now let's say your boss leaves. How do you do? Are you still working the same way you were as if you were being supervised? Watched? Well, the idea and understanding here what Paul is trying to convey um, is to serve well, do well. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Galatians 1.10, it says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So there is a difference. If we are trying to be people pleasers, we are only serving ourselves. We are being selfish. Because here Paul is making the point that if he is um, trying to seek man's approval, then he would not be a servant of Christ. But that's not the case for us who are Christians, who are believers. We are called um, to do well whether or not we are being watched. Because we're doing it as unto the Lord. Right? People pleasers um, is speaking to only serving one's welfare. Right? Only for your own well-being and no one else. But again, that is not the case. We are uh, doing this with the sincerity of our heart. And if that is the case, then we're serving and obeying our earthly masters, whether they are present or not. Right? So we must understand. And also, if you continue reading in verse 7, it says, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. So there it is. Rendering service with a good will. And what is this to please the Lord and not man? He says, as to the Lord and not to man, the whole purpose of us being at our jobs is to glorify him in that place, right? It's not only so that we can make money and feed ourselves and feed our families and have a roof over our heads or have transportation, whatever the case may be. Um, The understanding here is that we're doing this for God's glory. Now, let me ask you the question. Are you glorifying God at your workplace? How are you glorifying God at your workplace or wherever you are? Right? Not only are you uh, called to obey the Lord and obey your earthly masters, but also how about those who who have authority over you? Let's say your parents, right? we just talked about last time uh children obeying your parents, uh honoring your father and mother, and also parents uh doing well for your children, not putting them down but building them up um in discipline and instruction of the Lord. if you have a father and a mother that you're still living with, you are also called to obey them and and do it with a service of goodwill to them as well, because it brings God glory. And we talked about that last time as well. So we must obviously understand the goal, the end goal of the things that we do here is not for us, but it's for God, right? It's for his glory. And listen to what it says in Colossians chapter three, verse 23, whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. And that is very similar to what Paul says in verse 8, because in Ephesians 6, 8, he says, Knowing that whatever good anyone does... This he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. This is what it says in Psalm sixty-two, twelve. It says, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to, man, to a man according to his works. So there are consequences to our good work as well. God will reward us. But that's not the reason why we're doing this. It's for the reward, but it's for God's glory. But God will not overlook our good work for Him. He will render to us um, back what we have done, right? Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Galatians 3.28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Right? So whether he is a bondservant or is free. And then finally, when we get to verse 9, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, "Masters, Do the same to them and stop your threatening. Knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. So now we're getting to the masters, now we're getting to the other side. And what is the call for the masters? Well, the call for the masters is to do the same to their bond servant, to their slave. And what is that? Well, The call for the master or employer is to do the same to their employee. There must be a mutual respect between the two. uh, Christian employers to the Christian employees, right? So let's say you were the boss of a corporation or a business. And you had other people working for you. Now, the question would be, are you doing the same to them as God calls the bondservants to do to their masters, their earthly masters? Because here the call is not only to do the same to them, but is also to stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. So you also have a master above you. So again, the boss who is a believer has the spirit of God within him. So he must bear fruit in his authority and power as well as in his justice and his grace, right? So do not put your bond servants down. Do not put your employees down, but build them up, train them as well. Teach them well Because the call uh, For fear and trembling um, Is not only for them But it's for you as well Why? Because you are also working As unto the Lord Right? You're not working for yourselves You're not working for your family Uh, You're working as unto the Lord Yes, you are providing for your family And you need this business To keep going But there is a way to do it And it is by not threatening them But doing the same as the call for the bond servants to obey their masters. That they do it with a sincere heart. So that's what the masters or the employers must do. Because they're doing it as unto the Lord. Again, they're not trying to be big in the way of eye service or as people pleasers. But you also, even though you are their master you have a heavenly master so you are also called to be a bond servant of christ doing the will of god from the heart rendering service with a good will as to the lord not to man right which is why the call to receive back from the lord for anyone that does good is either bond servant or free Why? Because he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, speaking of God. And here it says, and that there is no partiality with him. Right? So there is no partiality with him. Listen to what it says in James 2.9. It says, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin. And are convicted by the law as transgressors. Forever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point, has become guilty of all of it. Right? So the understanding is, because God shows no partiality, we also must show no partiality. Because if we do, we are liars, we commit sin, and we are convicted by the law as sinners. It says, as transgressors. Romans 2.11, it says, For God shows no partiality. Right? It's pretty straightforward. God does not show partiality. The call for bondservants and the masters is to obey the Lord and do well on earth as if they are doing it unto God. And I would say, trust in God, believe God's word, believe and understand God, that the very reason why we all exist is for God's glory. So if we have been blessed to have jobs, if we have been blessed to own businesses, then uh, let's not get carried away and forget about this truth. The understanding of why we do what we do is for God's glory. And you cannot glorify God if you're abusing your employees. But also employees, you cannot glorify God if you're not doing what your master tells you or your employer tells you to do, right? We're not called uh, to disobey, to break their command because that only shows our fallenness and our need for a Savior. And we must continue uh, to repent from our sins because, yes, there will be times where we will fail um, because we are still in the flesh. But I would say, Keep pushing forward through re- repentance and obedience to the Lord. And also trusting in God, trusting in Jesus um, and what he has done for us. Because he came into this world, was born of a virgin, right? He bore the cross as a sinless man for the sins of his people. And that is why he was given the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And he has done that 2,000 years ago on the cross. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. So it is as if God's wrath that was supposed to be poured out on all of those who transgressed against him, Jesus took that upon himself. So all of those who will put their faith and trust in Christ and in repentance, Jesus paid for your sins. That is why he said it is finished, because he it's as if he finished the wrath of God on himself, of all of those whom he would save. So I would say trust in this Jesus, the one who is mighty, the one who has come and humbled himself to the point of a servant, but now is given the name above every name, who is seated at the right hand of God. He is in authority. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, is this the Jesus in whom you've come to believe in? Because if it's not, well, the call is to believe in this gospel, this good news that man has fallen from a relationship with God, who has transgressed against God's law, and now deserve his wrath rightfully. But instead, Jesus steps in and takes our place on a cross. And if you believe in that, if you repent from your sins, that caused you to stray away from God, that caused you to uh, lose that connection because we were identified in Adam. Well, Jesus is that last Adam, the second Adam, right? The one who fulfilled it all. Jesus says he has not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So when we identify ourselves in Christ, we are now clothed in his righteousness. He takes our sins upon himself and he gives us his righteousness. This is what grace is. Uh, We don't deserve it. But out of love, God uh, made this way for us to be saved, not only from Eternal separation from him, but also from his wrath, his just wrath. So we must understand this call of the gospel um, and why it's such glorious and good, why it's called good news. It's because apart from him, we cannot be saved. So it's only in Christ that we can be saved. And the reason why we want to be saved is to be with God forever. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Ponder on that. Believe on that if you haven't done so. And trust in that. And do well at your job, at your work, or wherever you are. Um, because you're doing it as unto the Lord. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero you <laughs> <laughs>